I love to bring my friends on this show and highlight those people that are doing extraordinary things in this world. Today, I want to introduce you to my good friend, Wes Hoffman. Now, this isn't your typical business interview where we talk about crushing business goals and creating massive amounts of wealth. It's about finding and living your purpose and your passion and never giving up on your dream. A couple of years ago, Wes made a significant transition in the world. He he stopped living the life that that he thought he he was supposed to live and now he's he's starting to step into his true power. But he had to go through a lot of darkness to get there. Wes Hoffman is a singer, songwriter, punk rocker, and active leader in the punk scene in St. Louis, Missouri. Wes and his band, Wes Hoffman and Friends, have been taking the world by storm with their recent EP release and touring schedule throughout the Midwest. Wes also helps lift up the St. Louis punk scene by shining a light on other bands throughout his podcast, Instagram account, and booking shows under his brand, 314 Punk. Wes literally is living the life of his dreams. Now, this isn't a business podcast. It's not a business episode, but give Wes a listen. You will be thankful that you did. This is what finding your purpose and passion looks like. This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day, and you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to Lead, Love, Profit, Play, where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. If you've ever listened to the introduction of this podcast and you've heard the song that plays, you've heard Wesley Hoffman, and now you get to hear from the man himself. Welcome, Wes. What's up, Mike? Thanks so much for having me, dude. It's it's truly an honor uh, to be to be on this podcast and talk to you, but also an honor to to have my song be the intro for this podcast. I, I love it, man. Thanks so much. No, so look, I'll, I'll I'll share this. You know the story, Wes. You know it, but not everybody does. The first thing that popped into my mind when I when I conceived this podcast was the name lead love profit play the second thing and that was about the time that you were getting ready to go into the recording studio and you had these new songs and you sent me a demo of your new song and as soon as i heard that first chord i immediately messaged you and said wes can i have this song and you were like yeah so before I even had an idea of what I was going to like, what I was going to like talk about on this podcast, I had a title and a song and you, so you were a huge part of that, man. It's, it's been fun watching you grow. And the whole point of this episode and this podcast is first of all, I want them to know 
get to know you like I know you. And I, I have a lot of my friends that come on this podcast and people that I know and people that I've gotten to watch and experience and see them grow and see them evolve. And you've got a story, man. You've got a story that uh, of leadership, of inspiration, of moving from darkness to light. And I want to crack the egg on that, right? Tell us, tell us a little bit about you know, your history and your darkness and where you came from, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, kind of to your point, Mike, like I feel like over the last couple of years, um, about two and a half years, three years almost, I've had, um, I've really almost like, if I could divide my life up into chapters or a movie, like, you know, the turning point happened like a few years ago. So, um, I, I myself, like I've been an entrepreneur, I've been self-employed and um, probably, I guess it was in 2014, I started my own business and, um, you know, I was always kind of trying, I've always been that type of person that like, I have to have projects, you know what I mean? I have to have like, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a creative person and I have to have like something that I'm always pushing, like that I'm trying to grow and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, Throughout the, the whole time that I was uh, self-employed, though, and I had my I had a recruiting business, um, you know that that was really a big turning point for uh, my relationship in in my marriage with my my ex, my now ex-wife. Um, you know, I'm the type, of, as you know, and probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast experience like there's a lot of risk. Um, you know, when you when you step out and and start your own business, there's a lot of like, um, there can be a lot of stress and just personal reflection of how am I going to do this? Like, what do I want to do? How can I get this thing to grow? And that can put a big strain on your relationships. And um, my ex-wife, you know, she was not the type of person that she wants security and stability and certainty. And, you know, I'm, I'm not that type of person <laughs> to a certain extent you know I want to grow something and I want to build it and um you know so through that whole process of of starting my own business like I I um I really started to kind of do a lot of self-reflection I started doing a lot of reading meditating um and and I always kind of thought if I can learn more about myself and discover who I am within um and and grow from the inside out then I'll probably be more successful in my business, you know? So around the time that I connected with you, Mike, um, uh, you know, and I know that you're going to agree with me on that because it's, it's the inner well. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's it. You're speaking my language, brother. <laughs> um, so I was kind of felt like, you know, if I can figure out what's going on with me on the inside, like, I, you know, that'll reflect like on the outside. Um, so around the time that I really started connecting with you, I think it's around, 2018, 2019, um, you know, I had been in business for a little while, but things were going up and down. You know, I would have like extremely good months and I would have a string of, of like successes. And then I, it would just feel like nobody, I, I'd have no customers, no, no clients, no revenue. Um, you know, it was totally like feast or famine. And that really started to put a strain on my relationship with my wife, but it really started to put a strain on me too. Um, I was starting to feel like I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I'm myself. I feel like I'm, um, you know, of course I was just working in my own office, so I wasn't seeing people and connecting with people like, you know, 
out in the world regularly. I mean, people were coming to see me, my clients stuff, but it felt like uh, I really kind of ended up in this dark place where I felt like the only time people talked to me was when they needed something from me or they wanted something from me. Um, and it was just, you know, very, it became pretty clear to me that I needed a pretty big change, you know? Um, and, and I also wasn't, you know, I was doing music at that time, but I wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Like I wasn't be able to fully invest in my music, which had always been a passion of mine since I was a kid, you know, I played in, in bands since I was 17 years old and I had totally put those things on the back burner. Um, I put like my passion for music just on the back burner because, you know, I, I wasn't able to fully invest in it. Um, I would, I would say you said music is a passion. I would say music is your passion. Like you, like you put your biggest passion on the back burner to be an adult, right. To grow up Absolutely. and be an adult. And, and I, I just want, I want to make sure that's understood. That is your number one go-to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I felt like, well, if I can't do music, I'll start a business, you know, and that'll be like my thing. But what I really enjoyed was it is music. Like that's really, truly my passion. And at the time I had a, a podcast where, uh, you know, I was, I was interviewing musicians that that was just kind of like a side project, but we were getting a lot of really big opportunities. We, we interviewed like the descendants, anti-flag, um, you know, some war, we, we interviewed some pretty legendary bands and, um, you know, that was a really, really cool experience for it. So like, I did kind of notice anytime that I play in the space of music, things would just like come to me, you know, it, it, things would just like happen that almost effortlessly, like, you know, it, it never felt like work to me. It always felt like fun and that it was just like, I was in flow. I was in, I was literally in the flow, you know? So um, I, I kind of had a, um, <laughs> I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown, honestly. Like, I think I got to a point where like, I don't know if it was depression or or what it what it really was but i got to a point where i i remember in my office um something happened with my with my one of my clients in my business and i was just like i literally i started crying i started screaming i lay down on my couch i start like even like kicking like i just needed to get this energy out and um you know that i will always remember that as i you know i called my wife at the time and I will always remember that as being kind of like the breaking point. And I remember telling her, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something different. I don't like, I, I, you know, essentially, I didn't like who I am and what I was doing and every day. And, um, you know, it was at that point, like, I, I ended up getting a job. And, and uh, but it was also at that point where my wife and I, we decided to go to camp counseling. And it still wasn't working out. And, you know, I wasn't. Um, I felt like I, I myself wasn't living the life that I wanted, um, you know, creatively with, through music, but also in, in my relationship with her, you know, I didn't feel like, um, you know, and, and I, and I do want to, I, I do want to say this, that, you know, that doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It just means we weren't the right fit for each other, for who we are. People, people grow. And I, I had grown to a point where I was like, I don't want this kind of relationship anymore. Like if it, if that's how it's going to be with this person, I don't want this. Um, 
So we separated and, um, you know, honestly, since then I I've felt more of, I used to get angry all the time. We used to have these arguments and these fights and I used to get angry about stuff like not even, not always stuff that had to do with her, but just random stuff. I would get angry about certain situations that were going on in my life. And I don't get angry anymore. <laughs> oh, you always have a big ass smile on your face. <laughs> there, are, there are things that, you know, irritate me and frustrate me sometimes, just like everybody else. But I can't remember the last time I was really, truly like mad, mad, you know. Um, and, and I really started to, um, you know, after we separated, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic and everything. So I had all this time to myself in this apartment to where I could really just focus on me. And, um, you know, I, I didn't even play music for a little while. Um, you know, I kind of just took some time to, to rest honestly and, and, uh, and kind of reflect on, on who I am and who I want to be again. Um, but I really started kind of, um, you know, I kind of looked at this as, uh, like I said earlier in the conversation that this is like the second chapter of, of of my book you know of like hey if there was a defining moment it would be when i when i when we separated and when i quit that business and and when i went into creating music and um really just kind of uh i put my i put my heart and my soul into the music you know what i mean i i don't want to hold i don't want music to be this fabricated oh i'm gonna write a song about this or I'm going to write a song about that when I go into write I I go in and I kind of like do almost a meditation and kind of think about you know what do I what am I feeling right now what do I want what's the message that I want to convey and like not all the songs are about personal experiences that I've went through but they are about feelings that I'm having like the lyrics might not be an exact match to me and what's going on in my life but it's like this is a feeling that I had or, you know, that I'm having and I want to convey that through music. So, um, the emotion, the emotion in your soul is getting into your tunes and, and, and look, you said second chapter, I heard the first chapter music. And then when you sent me those, you know, two, three, four songs, whatever it was, and I heard, the the new songs and like this is this is post you know separation and 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 change and you were getting back into the music and getting back in the studio the quality of those songs were exponentially greater than those the first chapter absolutely and, and I know I remember calling you and telling you that and you're like Mike it feels like like a brand you 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 said you felt like a brand new songwriter like the quality oh, yeah. actually just just evolved and your your soul was new so your soul started expressing itself more powerfully yeah well i also felt like weight had been lifted off of sure. me so it was easier for that to shine through and i um i'll also say like I started to believe in myself a little bit more as a songwriter. I started going down to the studio and saying, you know what? Like I'm a good songwriter. I can write a good fucking song. Like if I really want to, and I sit in this room long enough, like a good song is going to come out. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of musicians and a a lot of artists in general, um, a big issue it's it's the imposter syndrome it's they don't think their music is good they don't have confidence in it like 
you can go to somebody, somebody can even come up to me sometimes and be like, you could go to, to your favorite artist and say, Hey, I think your music is absolutely incredible. And they might be like, Oh yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. But on the inside, they're still thinking, no, I, you know, they'll find a million reasons to tell you why they don't think it's good. And I do, I listen to my own stuff. Like I, I don't want to put it out to the world unless I really, really like it. And <laughs> I think more, more artists, more musicians need to be that way um, to kind of like step into the confidence of, Hey, this is a good song. I'm good at what I do. People, I really like this. So I know other people are going to like this too, you know? Um, and that's, that's really kind of where, uh, where I feel like that started happening was when I would go down to the studio, I'd be like, you know what? I'm a great guitarist. I'm a great songwriter. Like I can do this. Like I, I, I know that I can, I'm just, I just need to channel that energy within me and, and put it out there. And, um, you know, ever since I, I've done that, you know, and I've had people come up to me, I've had people come up to me. We've, we've been playing on the road now. Um, and I've had people come up to me at shows in different cities and states and say, Hey, that song, what's left of me? Like that really resonated with me. Like I, I'm going through like something similar or I went through something similar. And like people have told me that it makes them emotional when they listen to that song. And um, you, you can I, hear it. You, you can hear the emotion in that song. You can, which is, which is why when I first heard it and look, I, I have the privilege and the honor of knowing your story. And when I first heard that song, I'm like, that is Wes, right? That was, that was what was trying to get out. Tell us what, yeah. So the song, the introduction song, and I, I don't want this podcast just to be about that one song because there's so much yeah. more, but what is what's left of me about Wes? Talk about that. Oh my God. Well, I mean, you know, it's really about, um, you know, going through something and seeing what's left of you on the other side of that and seeing, Hey, you know, this is who I am. Like now it's kind of time to rebuild. And, um, you know, there's also like some lines in there about like losing touch with people and, and, you know, people, uh, you know, not, you know, feeling like they can reach out or you feeling like you can't reach out to somebody because you're estranged a little bit. But um, ultimately it's about like, you know, find, you know, there's that, that line in there. It's like in my darkest hour is where I found my power. Like I had to go through like the hardest thing, you know what I mean? I'm getting a little emotional. I see it. <laughs> I had to go through it some of the hardest things to get to where I'm at now and for, for that song to come out and for me to realize like who I really, who I really am, you know what I mean? Like who I'm really meant to be. And uh, I think sometimes we have to go through those, those, I mean, you know, my, I know your story, like <laughs> the, the darkness is the beauty, man. The darkness is the beauty because the darker, the darkness, the, the, the brighter, the light, right? And, and we, we are light bringers, man. We are light bringers in this world and people. And there's, a, I had another coaching call earlier today where a guy who is really going through the darkness. And I'm like, you have no idea how much joy and how much love and how much light this is going to bring to you and everybody else. Once you're, once you're on the other side of it, like the more pain, the more purpose, the more power, the more love, the more beauty, the more awesomeness we create in this world for not just for ourselves, but for other people. We are the bringers of light. We've chosen 
almost chosen a dark path so that we can transcend it so that we can be the difference makers in this world. And, and what's left of me is just a testament to that. It's just speaking. Here's what I hear in that, Wes. I hear, okay, I went through what really wasn't like perfect for me. Like I tried to fit myself into that other box. Now I'm going to collect what's left of me and put my real life back together. Like now that, now that all the fake shit's gone, all the stuff that didn't serve me, now that all those pieces have been sliced away and, and they've been cut away and they've, they've deteriorated away. I see what's really valuable for me. What's, what's remaining. And I'm going to put that shit back together and I'm going to compound that and we're going to like crush it from this point forward. That's what I get out of that song. Like, what's left of me after the meat slicer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Mike, I wanted to touch on a couple things, too, that that you, you know, during this time, you and I were talking quite a bit, um, you know, when I was going through a lot of this, when I moved out and and all of that. And, um, you know, a couple things that you said uh, the, the main thing that you that you said, and, and going into this podcast, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's really important. You kept telling me no one's coming to save you. You know, like no one is going to come get you out of the situations that you're in. And and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I wish somebody would just, I wish a client would just come along and give me twenty thousand dollars, and then like I'd be set. You know, or I, I wish something would come along. I wish that like, you know, my, that, uh, my ex-wife, I wish that she would just turn around and, and be different and, and changed, you know, and then things would get better. And, and maybe she would, she'd be more comfortable with this, like me trying to do things on my own and, and more comfortable with this uncertainty. And you kept telling me that over and over and over. And one day I don't, it just clicked. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. No one is going to, change things for me, but me. And like people can give you opportunities. You know, I, I know this a lot as a recruiter, like I'll present someone with a job opportunity and they'll think they can't do it, you know, and, and they'll think that they don't, they don't want to take the job. And, and it's because they're comfortable in their situation. They don't want to save themselves. You know what I mean? Like, like they don't want to put themselves out there. And, um, and the second part to that was like, I, you know, I listened to a lot of uh, I, I was listening to a lot of like Abraham Hicks and like self-help type stuff. And, you know, you would, you hear Abraham say a lot of, well, your life can literally be transformed. You know, if, if you, if your resistance is keeping you from that. And, you know, I think when we think of the word transform, sometimes you think, well, this grandiose idea of, am I going to become a millionaire or am I, am I going to like, you know, is, is, am I going to have some kind of insane fame or something? But my life has became transformed when I stopped resisting and gave into, okay, I need to let go of all these things that are holding me back. That's what the resistance was, was like, was, was me holding on to all these things that like, you know, that relationship, that marriage, that, image that self-image of being like the self-employed entrepreneur once i let all of that go then it did transform you know and i i don't i'm not i live in a one-bedroom apartment you know like i like it didn't transform in like that i live in some big mansion now but i'm i have a lot of the things that i wanted for a long time then not even things but like i'm i feel like i i don't even want to say that like i am the person that i wanted to be for so long 
but I had to do the work of like, you know, the inward work, but also the action of saying, I need to get out of these. It's, it's hard to let people go. It's hard to say, I can't be with you anymore. It's hard. It's really, really difficult. It's hard to say, you know, this, me and my ex-wife were together for 12 years. Like it's, it's hard to let go of that and say, cause you don't know what's on the other side, like you were saying, but once I let go, like everything transformed. <laughs> Let's go back to that first thing, right? No one's coming to save you. The villain, the victim, the hero, we're each all three of them in our own life, right? And there's no one coming to save you. No one's going to be your hero because you already created your pain. You're the villain, you're the victim, and you're the hero of your own story. And brother, you you get it now. You, No one's coming to save you and we get to make choices, right? So losing things in your life that you needed to lose that was creating resistance. I think we sign up for a lot of things that cause ourselves pain so that we can get as far out of alignment with the life that we were meant to live that when it gets too heavy, and the number one, what I found, Wes, is the number one motivator that that causes people to get on their path is pain. When there's enough pain, people will yes. make a substantial, substantial change. But until there's enough pain, mediocrity is fine, <laughs> right? So so when when there's enough pain and when you're finally far enough out of alignment, that's when you rise up and become your own hero. And you've done that, brother. You've done that. Like, and it's, it, it, you know, it, it shows. And, and I follow you on social media. Well, first of all, Wes Hoffman's a little too busy for, for my Kiko nowadays, right? So in terms of touring schedule and studio time, like, like this weekend, I reached out to, to Wes. I said, Hey, man, you want to jam this weekend? You know, you want to, you want to record a podcast? He's like, I'm in the studio for, for the next two days, right? So Wes has gotten quite busy in his, uh, in his success. And, and I say that tongue in cheek and I say that with love. The point being is you might not have the mansion, but you're doing what you've always wanted to do. That is gold. Right. When we talk about inner wealth, it, it's just that it's inner wealth. It's experiencing the life that you were always intended to live. And I don't think that everyone's here to be a millionaire. And I don't think that everyone's here to be a billionaire or business owners or whatever. But I do believe wholeheartedly that everybody is here to get on their natural path. And we're, we've, we've, we're constantly getting a calling and getting messages and getting signals and getting yeses and nos that show us what the right path is for us. The one that was perfectly designed for us and us alone. And brother, you found it because you, you possessed and you demonstrated the courage to lose what you'd rather not lose and feel what you'd rather not feel. And that's why when I see every once in a while, follow him on social media, Wes Hoffman, and his band is Wes Hoffman and Friends, just 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 so we can get that out there. When you see him on social media, and I see on a Thursday or Friday, he said, here's the tour schedule for the weekend. And there's a Friday date in Kansas. And there's a, there's a Saturday date in Ohio. And there's a Sunday date. And I'm like, Wes, who are you? This is amazing. You're a rock star, my man. That's who you were always intended to be. So I honor that, man. I honor you. It's not about the wealth. It's about, are you on the path? And you are. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I, I totally like agree with you on that. You know, these were things that 
at one time felt so like going on tour felt so out of reach, you know? And, and now it's like, okay, when are we doing the next one? Like, let, like, let's go, you know, I'll, I'll call my manager. I'll be like, Hey, we want to go do something in November. Can you, can you set them up? You know? And, um, and now we have, you know, we have bands that are reaching out to us saying, Hey, do you want to come to Chicago? Do you want to come to Kansas city? Um, we'd love to have you guys come out to Florida sometime, you know, uh, New York, like it, it's, it's really cool to see those things kind of, uh, unfolding now, you know, and, and, and you're, you're proving, you're proving, I guess, proving me right. That when you get on your natural path, and, and I'm not saying that I haven't said this on this, on this episode, but I have said it on episodes. When you get on your natural path, it's not force. You no longer need to rely on force in order to create what you want. It's almost like when you get on your natural path, life pulls you to where you were always intended to be. Do you find that to be true, Wes? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I've definitely found things kind of just like coming together and not feeling like, um, you know, I think we talked about this, what you did my human design one time. And we talked about like, uh, I'm not the type of person, like I'm a manifesting generator. Me too. Um, and, and I'm, I'm the type of person that like, when I try too hard, um, things don't really work. And, and when I just kind of like put it out there, you know, write it down on a piece of paper, or even sometimes in my head, like, Hey, you know, I'd really like to go play a show in Kansas city. Then a few days later or a week later, I get a, an inquiry that's like, Hey, come to KC, you know, <laughs> that, that shit is not coincidence and it's not a mistake. That is exactly how my life works too. When I try to force an outcome, it never goes according to my plan. But when I get really clear about what I want and just look for an opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity presented to me. It always works out beautifully. And it's exactly what you're describing. And and I think, you know, there, there was a long time and, and I can, I can, uh, you know, move this into like the music scene team too, but like for a long time, I didn't know what I wanted. And so I'm just floating out there kind of like, you know, not really knowing what I want, just taking whatever kind of comes in front of me, you know? And, and when I started kind of studying things like law of attraction and, and working with you, Mike, um, once I got clear on the things that I wanted, they, they started to show up. I mean, even, even with, with my girlfriend now, like I remember writing down when I moved out, like the type of person that I wanted and like, and, and she and I joke about it because I feel like I truly like, manifested her as like the perfect person for me you know because i i I wrote down like i wanted the type of person who has an adventurous spirit who likes to travel who's into music who um who's doing the inner work you know who um and on our on our first call she told me that you know she goes counseling every other week and and that she's been working on that and so i was like okay that's like a big box check off you know um So, but I also feel it's the same way with, um, with a lot of bands, you know, and, and this can be translated to business as well. Like a lot of bands, they're kind of just taking every, and, and I'm very strategic about this. Like, I don't want to, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me to play every weekend in St. Louis, you know? Um, but I see a lot of bands that do that. They play multiple times a month in the same city 
that where they're from. And I don't just me personally, if that's, if that's what they want to do, that's great. But for me, I don't feel that's not what I want to do. And I don't feel like that um, creates demand for what I'm trying to do. And so I think a lot of, in the same way that you coach people, Mike, on what they want, like I would really like to sit down with some of these bands and be like, what are your goals? Because if you're doing things, if you're, if you want to play a show for 200 people in your hometown, playing a show every other weekend, isn't going to do it because you're giving people too many opportunities. You're becoming a commodity where I sat down and I was like, okay, I really want to get a good draw here in St. Louis. So we're only going to play in St. Louis, maybe like maximum five times a year, you know? And, um, our first two shows, you were at one of them, Mike, there was, we had over a hundred people there. And our first show after COVID, we had 125, like the venue was almost sold out. So like, I, I think people like just in your life, but also in like your passions and your business, like, what is it that you want to do with this? What is your goal? Because if you don't know, then you're just, I get asked to play shows all the time. And I say, no, you know, because it doesn't make sense. It's not aligned with my goals, you know? Um, to play a show on a Monday night at like a pub, you know, where I know nobody's going to show up. Like it's not a good opportunity. It doesn't align. And then those opportunities stop showing up because I say no to them. So, you know, that's just kind of, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about that. God, I love you. First of all, God, I love you. No, you're speaking my language, man. And, and, and well, it's one of the reasons you're on on this episode, but you're speaking my language in that you know what you want and you know what you don't want. And it's okay to want what you want. And it's okay to, to not want what you, what you don't want. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not lazy to not do that, that gig on, you know, Monday it with five people in attendance, right? It, it's not lazy. It's just, it's not aligned, right? You still, you get to, you get to choose what's right for you. And you ultimately innately, you know, you're getting a, a yes or a no inside. So it's, it's an act of courage to say yes when you want to say yes and say no when you want to say no. But we always know the answer. We always know what's perfect for us. And there's no one way to do it. So you're just honoring yourself, man. You're just honoring your intuition. You're honoring your instincts. You know when a yes should be a yes and a no should be a no. And you get to, you get to make that choice. Nobody else can make it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I do want to touch on that too, Mike, because prior to this big change that I had, um, you know, this transformation, like, I was horrible about setting boundaries for myself. No, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to emphasize you were a fucking people pleaser. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to match and raise you. Like you <laughs> look, we're looking for a way to make other people happy and often at your own expense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, shortly after I moved into to this apartment where I'm at now, um, I remember, um, you know, exercising the, my right to say no to things that I don't want to do. And I don't have to give a justification or a reason why. And so my, th- this is a really silly example, but my landlord shortly after I moved in sent me a text message and said, Hey, Wes, do you want to mow the yard for the apartment building? I'll give you $20 every time you cut it. And I remember sitting there thinking, looking at the text message and thinking, well, I don't want to do it, but if I don't do it, who's he going to get, you know, and, and the people pleasing part came in and I was like, well, then like, if I do it, I solve his problem, but I end up uh, Saturday morning is going to come around. I'm not going to want to wake up and do this 
in a heat, you know? So like, I, and, and I don't really care about the $20. Like my time is more valuable on Saturday morning than 20 bucks. You know, well, I'd cartoons, much rather have- man, cartoons. We got cartoons to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so like I said, no, I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to pass. I, you know, I don't want to. And then a couple of weeks later it came around again and he asked me again, he's like, Hey, I still can't find anybody. And, um, he said, you know, do, do you, would you reconsider? And I, and again, I had to exercise my right to say no. And like little things like that, you know, in the past, I would have been like, I could hear maybe somebody's voice in my head thinking, Oh, come on, Wes, like, like do it for him. He needs your help. Like, you know, and, and I love helping people, but also like, but I, I we don't have to sacrifice ourselves in order to like, in order to help people. And so um, little things like that, that sometimes I'm like, you know what? I, I have to do what's best for me. You used to always tell me this too, Mike, is like, you're the most important person in your life. And if you're sacrificing your own needs because you feel like you want other people to be happy with you or you have to give them some kind of reason um, for why, you don't. You just have to, all you have to do is say no. So that guy, you're, you're equal to him, right? You're equal. No one's more important than anybody else, right? You you are the most important person in your life. You're the most important character in your story, but nobody's more important than anybody else. And if it's that important for the grass to get mowed, why doesn't he come over and do it? He can say yes. Right. Right. So, so why should you say yes when he won't say yes? You can say no, just like he's saying no. Right. That's the, that's the whole reason he's trying to hire it out. So, and it's these little people pleasing things that, that we get to work through and we get to let go of the, the need to please other people and the need to always say yes. And, you know, the, the, the insecurity that keeps us from, you know, wanting to lose people that, that are going to judge us or not going to think good things about us. You know, when, when we step into the courage to lose things, we'd rather not lose lose, this is when we can start living life that we were always intended to live. And that's, again, it goes back to the courage to get on your path, the courage to say yes, when you want to say yes, and no, when you want to say no, this is how we find our path and our purpose. And then all the people around us, sometimes they'll think that they get a vote, but they, they really don't, they don't get a vote on the, what's perfect for us. And, but the people pleasing side, when we're in people pleasing mode, we will give everybody else a vote for what's good for us or not. And only we know, and then they get to opt in or opt out. Right. Would you agree with that? Like with this new transition? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, and, and it's the hard part with that is, is you feel like, you know, if, if, if my, if me and my girlfriend have plans and I say, Hey babe, you know, I'm really sorry. I need, I need time to myself tonight. Like it's, it's important for me to be, I need to like, I haven't had much time for self care and I need to take care of myself. The hard part is that, you know, you worry that that person is might be disappointed or upset or sad or take it the wrong way that you're like changing plans. But at the end of the day, she cares about me. <laughs> you know, she might be disappointed at first that we're not going to go do whatever, or that we're not going to spend time together, but then she'll understand, you know, the people that really care will understand that. And um, I, I was doing what, what, what you were saying, Mike, for the longest time. I was giving other people a vote in what they thought was best for me. And I started looking back at different periods of time in my life, like different decisions that I had made. Um, you know, about my career or about music and not following through on those decisions because 
you know, oh, my parents didn't approve or they thought that I should go to school instead of pursue music or, you know, um, I was offered a full-time job one time and my parents were like, no, you really need to go to school and, and finish your degree. And I, and, and well, this was when I was like 22 or something like that. And um, I was like, okay, you know, I never ended up finishing school. So like, I never got a degree, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm kind of like, as I look back, no offense to my parents, I love my parents, but like, I knew what was best for me, but I didn't pay attention to it because of what other people to appease other people. We always know what's best for us, but we just give somebody else a vote in our story. And I, I think it's, it's one thing I've got a, I've got a longstanding client who he seeks counsel from me often. He's a, he's an awesome business owner. He's built wealth and success and, and, and I'm, I'm a trusted advisor for him, but he doesn't always take my counsel. He just, he just comes to me just for a different perspective, but he doesn't, he doesn't buy into anybody's perspective just because it's their perspective. He's just seeking information and input. And then he makes the best decision that, that is right for him. There's, there's a difference between seeking counsel and seeking guidance to letting someone else run our life through their, their perspectives or through their, for their experiences or their beliefs. Right. You see, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and what, absolutely. It sounds like, it sounds absolutely. like the, sounds like the shift that you've made is you understand you've got loving people around you and that, that they can be a meaningful part of your life and help guide you and help give you information, but only you can guide your ship. Only you can make decisions that are best for you. But here's the one thing that I would a caveat that I would throw in there. And this is, this is a, an accretive caveat. It's the, the build on what you already said. You can't lose the right people for you. Like when you and your girlfriend, when you say, Hey, I need a day. If, if she's right for you, you can't lose her because of that, because of your truth. Right. The right people support your truth. They don't, they don't try to attack your truth or they don't, they don't try to harm your truth or, or change your truth or they water you down or, wa or water you down or try to get you to, to deplete yourself for their benefit. You can't lose the right people. So this is why if it's meant for you, you don't need to worry about losing it. If you can lose it because of a decision and a truth, if you can lose a person, because of a decision that you're making on your own behalf, they were never for you. They were, they were with you, but they weren't for you. And you, Wesley Hoffman, I'm looking, we're on Zoom right now. This is, gonna, this is an audio. Wesley Hoffman, I'm looking you in the eyes. You deserve people that are for you and not with you. And by being more of you, you're finding yourself surrounded by people that are for you and not just with you. So there's, there's a hat. You're wearing a hat. And it says... 314 punk tell us all about that <laughs> so uh yeah man i mean this is kind of a, a i you know as i was releasing music um the song what's left of me actually like kind of spurred this a little bit um i, I was working with a publicist to kind of help get the music out to more people and um, she was doing a great job. She's in France and um, her name is, uh, you know, I've worked with a couple other publicists since then, but her name was Val Valentine and um, she did a great job. And I was like, man, I'm getting all of these. I'm getting a lot of plays from other countries. Like I'm getting, you know, in the UK and Europe, 
and like I'm, uh, people in like Brazil and Canada and like other parts of the country are listening, but like St. Louis, where I'm from, is not getting like people next in in the punk scene here. Like they don't even know that I'm doing this, you know. Like and and I kind of thought about how can I. I started seeing other Instagram accounts and podcasts for like specific cities, but you know, I was getting asked to do a lot of podcasts and I'm like, well, there's nothing specific for St. Louis for me to say, Hey, could you blast this out to your group of followers and let people know that, you know, this is my song and this is my music and, and what I'm doing. Um, so we used to have this thing a long time ago called stlpunks.com. And it was like very primitive social media um, at the time. I mean, this was like, it probably started in like 1997 or 98 and it went through to like, you know, 2006 or seven. And then the guy who owned it kind of shut it down. And, but during that time, uh, the St. Louis punk scene was really thriving because we had this centralized place where people could go and um, hear about what shows were coming up, what bands were playing where and with who and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I went on a really long walk. I like to go on walks. Um, and, and lately I've been, I've been running. Um, uh, I've been running again because I used to be a big runner. And uh, just over the last like four weeks, I've been getting out and going on runs like three or four times a week. But um, I went on a really long walk and I, I put my AirPods on and I talk. I, I do this weird thing where I talk into my AirPods and then like I listen to it back to hear what I'm saying. Because I, I feel like I kind of like, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this, Mike. I feel like when I go on a walk, I can and I really focus and I can kind of channel the energy a little bit more, and it just kind of flows out of me. And then sometimes I listen to it back, and it's great. And then other times I listen to it back, and it maybe doesn't make sense. But um, you know, I I talked it out, and I thought, and I and I actually saved it and shared it with one of my friends, and he was like, "This is a really good idea, you know, to create something called Three One Four Punk." And at first it was just going to be an Instagram account where people could go and I would share photos and videos of different bands in St. Louis and just like and, uh, concert posters and stuff like that and say, hey, go to this show. It's coming up on Friday. Here's a little bit about the band because um, we don't have anything like that. And uh, there's a lot of good music happening in St. Louis, but there were, there are not a lot of people talking about it. Um, and I thought, well, if there's nothing like that, my only choice is to create it myself. And <laughs> like, you know, I can't, again, like nobody's coming to save you, right? Like nobody's right. going to create this for you. And um, I thought, well, I'm going to have to create this. And, and, you know, I had, I, having been a business owner in the past, like I had that experience and now I do have a, an LLC, like that 314 Punk falls under. Cause you know, I do get paid for some things and, now I'm like booking shows under this, but um, I started it and, and I, and I'll be honest, um, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, I knew that I was going to be stepping out and talking about the punk scene and in the punk rock world, a lot of people have opinions about how things should be done or, you know, what bands should be talked about. I wanted it to be an all-inclusive thing though. So if you're a, a punk band and you're, it's your first show and you're in high school, I want you to get the same amount of attention as a band that's been doing it for 17 years. You know, like I want everybody to have like e equality in this. And um, unless the only thing I won't do is, you know, I won't promote bands that 
are racist or sexist or, you know, any of those, you know, misogynistic, like homophobic, those things like um, that does not align with like who I am. So and and I don't I believe that that doesn't align with what punk is. That's not what punk is. That's not right. Right. (laughs) So so I started the the Instagram and, um, you know, people started following like almost immediately. Um, I started posting every day. Uh, I started reaching out to some of my friends' bands pretty early on and saying, hey, well, you know, can we post about you on the page? And at first, I didn't even want people to know that it, it was me behind it because um, I don't feel like I don't post a lot of pictures of myself on there. If, if my band has a video, I'll post about it. But um, I don't talk about myself a lot on there. I'm kind of like to just be the figure behind it, like running the thing. Um even on my podcast, like, you know, I'll give a shameless plug here and there, but like, um, you know, and I'll have conversations with bands and give my opinion, but I don't want it to be all about me and my band. Like, um, so over time, like, you know, I've definitely been, um, I, 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 I had to kind of shed some layers there too, honestly, like, you know, Hey, I'm going to have to be like, now I feel like I am looked at as a leader in the punk rock scene. Like, people come to me, they want, they want to, um, they want me to play shows or they want me to promote shows or um, now people from all over the country are reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I looked up St. Louis punk on Instagram and I found you. Can you book a show for us? Or can you like, you know, let us. Day, like a few artists hit me up and said, Hey, what tattoo artists in town could I maybe like, re- what tattoo studios could I reach out to to see if I could like tattoo there for a week, you know? Um, so really becoming that connector, which I was already doing, you know, in, in my business before. Um, and now we, you know, now we have a podcast, um, where I talk to bands very similar to this kind of like, Hey, how did you guys get into punk rock? Um, and, and it's really, it's it's helped my, it's indirectly helped me get my music out to the St. Louis punk scene, but it's also helped so many other bands, um, like just, there's a centralized place you can go to 314 punk and you can you can figure out what's happening in the punk scene by going there and um i think it's awesome like <laughs> i love and, it and i do too so 314 is the area code for for uh st louis it's one of the area codes for st louis but that's why that's why the uh the title is that's why the uh the hat that that Wes is wearing is 314 punk and my wife has a 314 punk sticker on on her laptop and and we uh we're supporters i've got we've got a sticker around this house with Wes and his beard so it's a it's a beautiful sticker so Wes i'll tell you that all this is you know i want to sum this up right so you were running a business because you were you grew up and when you grow up, you're supposed to, you know, run a business or get a job or whatever. And you always had this passion for music. Okay. And what I'm hearing is that you made, put music on the side and you kind of stuffed it. And I remember having conversations with you were like, when I'm on my way to work, your, your business, you know, you stop off at your studio and you, you know, you, you hit a couple chords and strike a couple chords and that oh, yeah. your juices flowing. But when you started like shedding layers and leaving the life that wasn't perfect for you, when you started like taking those layers off and rebuilding your life, according to who you really are now, 
now you have taken your rightful place as a leader in the punk scene in the St. Louis area, right? I don't think that's, I don't think that's coincidence, brother. I think that passion and that spark and the thing that you tried to suppress for a long time, it got the best of you and it was always your intended path. And I bet you if, if we have this same podcast, if we have another podcast episode in five years, I think it's going to be your, your primary mission and you're going to be in, in bigger in the punk scene, not just, not just in St. Louis, but you know, it's going to say, you know, us punk or something like that. And you're going to be running, <laughs> you're like going to be the freaking the king of, uh, the king of revitalizing punk rock around the country and around the world, man. Oh, you are, you, you I mean, are, you, know you are a leader, man. By, by every, by every word and every fiber you're being, you are a leader and you're just taking your rightful place on your throne. Thanks, man. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I definitely feel like I'm stepping into that, you know, and I'm, I'm owning that more and more every day. Um, you know, even with, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about my band has been playing out of town and, um, you know, I think that in order, like, this is just my opinion, but I like in the same way that I was saying, Hey, you should play the same town multiple times a month. If you, if you want people to come, like, I also feel like it's important to go out of town and get new fans and show people that, you know, like play in front of people who've never heard you before and wow them and, and gain them as fans. Like, and uh, you know, you, you do that by partnering with other bands in those cities that have, you know, and, and so I'm doing those things and people have been coming up to me and saying, you know, cause I go to a lot of shows, people have been coming up to me and saying, Hey, we see that you're playing out of town a lot. Like we want to do that too. Could you give us some, some pointers and tips? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to book the show for you. Like, but I'll, you know, you have to do the work, but people are noticing that, you know, and, and uh, I, I feel like that's really the next step in success for a band is to go out on the road and not just play some, podunk you know place by the side of the road where there's nobody there but find the people in that town that are like that are making some noise <laughs> pun intended like <laughs> and 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 partner with them and you know play in front of a uh, hundred people at a show like that's you gotta but it takes a different way of thinking like you have to again like what i was saying earlier is like you have to figure out what your goals are and you got to be strategic and intentional with like your actions and making sure that like they're going towards those goals. You know, if you think like a garage band, you're going to be a garage band, right? If you, if you think, if you think like a, uh, uh, if you think like a big band, if you think like a, a worldwide world renowned band, then you're going to end up in that space, man. And I think that's where you're headed, brother. Not just with, not, not just your band, but your mission to uh, revitalize punk rock, not just in St. Louis, but everywhere. I, Cause I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties and the nineties, right? You and I, when we first connected, we connected over punk rock because we share similar roots, right? And we share bands that we loved and, and you're always wearing your face to face shirt. And I freaking love those guys. And I saw those guys <laughs> like the Vans Warp Tour back in 1990, whatever, three or four or something, something crazy. But, but, uh, you know, it's, it's that is those roots that bond and, and a couple things, you know, before we wrap this up is I had a, a fellow one time talking about he built a, a a space, a co-working space. And I remember him saying this, and I remember these words. He said, I've built the community that I've always wanted to be a part of. He said, I couldn't find the community that I wanted to be a part of. I couldn't find it. So I built it. And, 
And I think that's what you're doing. That's certainly what I've done in my business, right? My inner circles. They, I've built the community that I wanted to be a part of. I couldn't find the love, the amount of love and acceptance and, and appreciation and, and encouragement and gratitude and unconditional freaking support anywhere else. So I built it. And you are building the community that you've always wanted to be a part of. And that's what leadership is all about. It's, I'm not going to go find it. I'm going to build it, right? And we get to build it in our image with our DNA and our genetics and our talents and, and with our passion and our purpose. And, and just to wrap all this up and bring it back, but you had to get out of the darkness first to be Absolutely. able to see. Cause, Absolutely. cause in your darkest hour, that's where you'll find your power, right? It's true. Listen, if you go in the show notes and if you click the, oh, there's a link right below the three bullet points and it'll say Wes Hoffman song by Wes Hoffman uh, what's left of me click that and go on YouTube and watch that video and I want you to I'm, now I'm getting emotional I want you to watch the energy and the enthusiasm and the optimism and the hope and the power and the excitement and the love that Wes shows on and his whole band shows on stage but his band is led by Wes Hoffman and that's why the band's title is Wes Hoffman and Friends, because Wes is the leader of not just his band, but the punk movement in the Midwest. Rightful place, brother, on your throne. Where else can people <laughs> find you? Uh, it's at Wesley Hoffman on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm most active. It's at 314 Punk on Instagram as well. Um, and it's Wes Hoffman and Friends on Facebook if you just search that, you know, and then you can add me on Facebook too. It's just Wes Hoffman. Wes, you're a gift in my life, man. And, and and even though you've gotten too busy for me, you know, you're still <laughs> and I say that in love. Me and Wes are both laughing at each other right now. You know, that's one hundred percent love. <laughs> but even though, you know, we we can't connect as much as we used to, because I mean we used to have a relationship where it was just like ten minutes, you know, in ten minutes and we'd we we'd be on a phone call. And and I, I love seeing your success and I love seeing you know, your passion resurfaced for music and, and you really fully expressing your soul. And again, I think in, in five years, you're going to be even, even less accessible. And I want that for you. All right. Because you deserve that. We deserve that. And you're, you're, you're a, like, you're a lighthouse for, for hope and optimism and for positivity. Your old, your old band was positive punk, right? Right. What, like Wes Hoffman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. positive punk. And Cause that's the, that's the kind of stuff he's laying down right now. It's all about, about hope and and reaching your full potential and living the life of your dreams any closing thoughts ma'am i think you did it for me man (laughs) listen give you can hear that laugh that laugh goes on for days wes always has a smile on his face go on instagram go on facebook go on his youtube channel click the link in the show notes go see his video see what i see see that big ass smile because you know there's 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 certain people that are here in, in this lifetime that are just playing to survive. And right now you're not one of them, Wes. And that's what I love most about you. Thanks for joining. And uh, we'll see you. We'll talk next week on another episode of lead, love, profit, play, go connect with Wes. You'll be, you'll be thankful you did. To access powerful tools and content to create more wealth, success, and happiness in your life or to join the Happy Millionaire community. 
visit www.livesoulout.com.